And you know, sometimes, sometimes you just have a need. A need for speed? Need for speed. Top speeds. You know, I had a lot of speed one time. <laughs> on a bike. Oh, I thought you were going to say like the drug. Oh, no. I've never done speed. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Have not, have not done speed. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's fun. <laughs> But no, I'm not Continue. speed. Anyway, so I had an epic speed bike maneuver. We went on vacation mm-hmm. without our brother. We dropped him off at running camp, and we said, see ya, and we went on vacation. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and we went to a um, a lovely place known as Mackinac Island. Not Mackinac for you non-Michiganders out there. And it's a special island because... You cannot have vehicles on the island. Not unless you're Mike Pence. And you bring a fleet of eight cars to the island because you need all eight cars. Yep. Just gotta be extra like that. Mm. But anyway, besides the point, so a lot of your transportation is by foot, uh, by horse carriage, or by bike. So we decided to rent some bikes on this lovely rainy day. Mm-hmm. We were biking through the forest, having a lovely time, hit a nice downhill, and I find myself biking into a horse carriage wheel path. And I'm trapped in this wheel path, and it's, my bike's getting all jittery, and I'm an experienced biker, I know how to bike, but also, I am clumsy. Mm -hmm. So I start feeling like I'm about to fall out of this bike, and I jump, and I do an action roll, and I'm fine. I stand back up, I rolled to a stand, and I was like, wow, I didn't get injured. The first thing our mom said to me is, is the bike okay? She didn't care about me or my well-being. She was more concerned with if she would have to pay money for an injured bike. Well, yeah, we rented those babies. So if you ruin it, she's got to pay for it. I mean, fair, but also, like, you're not concerned about your child's well-being. I mean, the insurance would cover it. <laughs> not even like, hey, are you okay? First. Also, how's the bike? It was just... Is the bike okay? Yeah. And I was like, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. But that is one of the only times I've ever felt like I could do stunts in real life. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever done anything cool on a bike. Besides not fall off a bike. Yes. For the most part. That that entire trip was insane. It was insane. We won't get into the rest of it. because no. We could talk for, for no. hours. <laughs> but if you ever need a vacation spot to go to. Mackinac Island. Hit up, hit up Mackinac Island, get some of that fudge. Gotta get some of that delicious fudge. Mm-hmm. And don't confuse it with the horse poop. Yeah. Don't eat shit. <laughs> On both your bike and the horse poop. Quite literally. Yes. Both figuratively and literally eat shit. <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. You could have rolled into a pile of shit. I could have rolled into a pile of shit. That would be worse. You're right.
It's like uh, oh. it's like five is dry. Skirt. Broom. Skirt. Broom. 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 Skirt. Broom. Skirt. <laughs> this is this is a mess. Let's be upfront, Hannah. We're starting this at one in the morning. It's gonna be a mess. One in the morning after a couple drinks. After watching three movies in one day. This is Research Tranquil Pete. Oh yes, hello. Welcome to our podcast. I'm sorry for the audio blaring that's going to be happening during this opening bit because I can already see the mic is peaking like crazy. So apologies in advance to whoever edits this and whoever's listening to this because it's just going to be a mess. This is Research... (laughs) This is Research Rank Repeat. A podcast that we host where we like to rank things and uh, tell, talk about our trashy opinions. I am one of your co-hosts, Alyssa. And this is co-host Hannah. And we are gearing up. <laughs> oh! <laughs> we are gearing up for a movie franchise. Yeah, we are tackling a movie franchise. We have not done one since our first episode, which was... Pixar. Yes. But this, unlike Pixar, this is a movie franchise neither of us was very familiar with at all. No. We are both fast and too furious about some of the stunts and concepts and plots in these movies. Yes. We also (laughs) technically haven't watched all of them yet. Well, we just have Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff. The movie series is Fast and the Furious. Yes. Because we didn't say that yet. We did not. We are doing the Fast and the Furious movie franchise. And as Hannah pointed out to me today, that means that we now have to cover every single movie that will come out in the future of this franchise. Uh, We are committed. As we are with Pixar now, anytime a new movie emerges, we will be there to talk about it and rank it. Yeah. And um, we're going into this knowing very little about Cars. Very little about car culture. Mm-hmm. Very little about the franchise. Did you know Kurt Russell was in this franchise? No. I didn't know Kurt Russell was in this franchise. I didn't either. He's, he appears in three movies. Why didn't we know this? I don't know. Okay, so let's talk about our background. Since we've talked about how little we know. Hannah and I, early on in our podcast, we thought it would be fun to tackle a franchise that we both know nothing about, and we both independently came to the conclusion that we should do Fast and the Furious. And we decided, hey, the new movie's actually coming out this summer. We should plan it so that we can see the new movie in theaters. So we have not been to a movie in almost two years. Yeah, at least a year and a half. And the last movie we saw was Little Woman. Little Women, yeah. And we both said today, if you had told us the first movie we had seen in two years in a movie theater was Fast and Furious 9, like, I never would have believed that. The only thing I would have believed is if I was dating someone who was obsessed with Fast yes. and Furious and I had to go out of obligation. Right. I would not willingly go myself. A past me. Yeah. But we just got back from the movie tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we paid money. And went to the movie theater to see Fast and the Furious 9, or F9 as it's known as. Mm-hmm. Over the past 20 years that this franchise has occurred, because the first movie came out in 2001, mm-hmm. so we are, have reached 20 years that this franchise has been going for, I think I have seen the first movie once. I had seen maybe 10 years ago. I 
saw part of the second movie on TV once somewhere around 10 years ago and I have seen most of Tokyo Drift. Mm -hmm. So only the first three movies and then I like had seen little clips and bits heard bits and pieces from future movies. Yeah. But essentially knew nothing. Yeah, I had seen the first one all the way through and then a little bit of Tokyo Drift, but that was it. And I didn't know much about the movies, like you said, minus the couple things that were big, you know, news items. Right. That uh, came up. Yes, and we'll get to some of those big right. news items as they occur. But for the most part, this is pretty much going in blind. Like, we don't, we didn't really know what we were getting into with this. And also, because it's been so long since I've seen any of the movies, I essentially didn't mm-hmm. remember much of anything. Yeah. Okay, so so let's shift gears and get into- again. You can't use oh, the same pun. Did I use shift gears? You can't use the same pun twice. I Hannah. Let's change. Let's reverse out of this. <laughs> Just stop. and move. Just stop. and drive forward worse. into our first movie. So. Just before you get into the first movie, okay. I just wanted to say, like you said, it's been 20 years. There's been nine main films and then one spinoff film, 10 total. And it's the seventh highest, <laughs> the seventh highest grossing film series ever with a combined gross of over $6 billion. And it's Universal Movies' biggest franchise commercially. Okay. As well as has led to... Um, attractions at universal studios right games um, media like yeah. commercials just just a huge brand yes. on its own that's pretty much what i just wanted to say real okay. quick so our first movie fast and the furious the movie was released in 2001 has a rating of pg-13 and an hour and 46 minute runtime. so to give you a little bit of background the Director of this movie is Rob Cohen, and I believe, I may be wrong, I believe this is the only movie he directed. At least for the movies that I had, he was not one of the directors. But essentially what happened is the movie is based on an article that was written in 1998 known as Racer X, and it was based on illegal street racing in New York City. The author wrote about, like, his experiences with street racing. And so Rob Cohen, the director, and I believe he may have also been involved with the screenwriting. They essentially wanted initially to have the movie set in New York City, but they inevitably changed it to be set in Los Angeles instead. So uh, Paul Walker was the first actor on the project. He said yes, like, immediately. Can I just say something really quick? Sure. When I was doing research today, I saw that Eminem was considered for the role of Paul Walker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for the role of Brian. For the role of Brian, yes, that Paul Walker got. And he said yes. And so they also wanted Vin Diesel for the role of Dominic Toretto. Eventually, there was someone else who they wanted first, the studio wanted first. But he initially rejected. He had to be persuaded and he accepted after he requested some script changes. So he had input into the script and just to keep this in mind, I know Vin Diesel is now like a huge movie star. This is still when he was pretty small, doing a lot of like side side actor bits mm-hmm. and I think The Iron Giant came out around this time, you know, so he's doing some voice work and stuff. And so the studios studio heads wanted Timothy Olfant to be Dominic Toretto. And I'm trying to imagine in this franchise with him as the lead, 
of Dom, and it makes no sense to me. Yeah, he doesn't really give off, like, a tough guy vibe Mm -hmm. in that way. Not at all. No. The original title of the movie was Redline, and it was changed to Fast and the Furious to, um, or The Fast and the Furious. I think Mm -hmm. I left out of the, for my title description. But for this movie specifically, 78 cars were wrecked during filming. The movie had a budget of $38 million, and it was a commercial success. It grossed over $207 million, which is pretty good Mm -hmm. for a first movie in what would become a franchise. It has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, and on Metacritic, it has a score of 58 out of 100. I now have prepared a summary, and I will read that for you now. Get ready to dive into the beginning of a film franchise, where cars shaky cam, and early 2000s bad CGI reign supreme. Bleach Bond Brian is an undercover cop infiltrating the street racing scene to discover who is behind a string of robberies of DVD players, Panasonic DVD players, and TVs. Is it the Iron Giant? Maybe. And how many times will family be spoken? The fact that they were still in Panasonic DVD players. I love it. it I mean, it's dated as all hell, but I love it. I love that the big robbery was stealing DVD players mm-hmm. and te- televisions. Here's what I'll say, because I have some issues with this movie. I think the thing I understand is I get why people like this movie. Yeah. Because if you're a fan of cars, if you appreciate sort of that... Car culture. Right. And, like, the the street races, everything like that, you're going to love this movie regardless of... Because let's be honest, the script is not that amazing. No. No disrespect to Paul Walker. He is not a good actor in this movie. In this movie. In this movie, yeah. It's hard to watch because it's, like, I don't believe his acting. Mm -hmm. It feels very, like, surface level. Yeah. And I don't mean any disrespect to him because he's not alive and, you know. No, I don't. I think it's fair, though, to say. I mean, he was younger in his career, too. So, you know, he obviously grew over the franchise. I can't really, I guess, harp too much on the CGI because it was the early 2000s. But, like, you know, watching a movie now in a 2021, like, Mm -hmm. lens, knowing how much improvement there's been. Like, some of those scenes in the cars where they're using the NOS is, like, insane. Like, it looks so bad. Yeah, they, like, they really push the NOS thing. They They love love NOS in this movie. Also, one thing, we watched this movie together. One thing we noticed is that the sound mixing was really bad. It was really shitty. We had to turn on the subtitles because we were having a hard time following what was happening in the movie. Well, and because the problem is we turned it up to be able to hear the, you know, them speaking, and then all of a sudden a racing would happen, and it was, like, shaking the house. So yeah. I was like, this is insane. Again, maybe just a sign of the times. I'd like to just point out that some of the things in this movie are very dated. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of gay slurs mm-hmm. thrown about, language that wouldn't really fly today. There was, we talked about it, there was a police officer who put his knee on the neck of a man he was trying to arrest. Yeah. And I was like, this is really uncomfortable for me. To, mm-hmm. to watch just, like, casually this is happening. And I'm like, uh-oh, don't like that. So some things are, are definitely dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts a, tra- a trend. I, I don't know how I feel about it. 
Because I understand there's this, like, car culture has this thing where it's, like, hot women, like, scantily clad hot women are just, like, associated with, like, muscle cars mm-hmm. and, like, the car scene. And it'll continue with every single movie in the franchise where you get a lot of, like, ass shots and, like, women, you know, like, specifically there for sex appeal. Right. And I'm mixed about that because some of it's, like, do we need this? But also I'm, like, women should can do whatever they want. If that's, right. like their scene and and the way they want to be perceived then that's fine that you know so I, I like I have mixed feelings about all that yeah I mean I do too but I think if we're gonna get into some of like the positives mm-hmm. because I think there are some obviously this started a huge franchise it's also fun it's fun it's a fun movie and you you really get to learn to like some of these characters really early on like yeah you know, obviously with Dom, um, who, you know, Vin Diesel plays, you're not necessarily supposed to just love him right away. One of my first comments is Dom is kind of douchey. Yeah. Yeah. He is. And, but then when you learn more about him and he's all about family. He's all about family. <laughs> you know, he's very protective of his sister, Mia. And protective of his crew. Right. Like his chosen family. Yeah. And loyalty is very important. Yeah. And I think by the end of the movie, you really grow to respect that about him. And it's something that, you know, continues throughout the franchise. Also, I, I enjoyed the ending. I thought a lot of characters' fates were really ambiguous. Yeah. Essentially what happens, just for the plot's sake, uh, you find out Dom's crew is conducting these these robbery heists. Like, his crew is the one that's doing it. And they're trying to pull a heist. And the truck drivers have started carrying weapons. And so this guy has a shotgun and mm-hmm. is shooting at Vince, who's stuck on this car. And so he gets shot and dragged, like, along the road. And so you just are left with him, I think, being taken away in a helicopter. Yeah. And then you've got another one of his crew who owes someone a car. Like, there's a drive-by shooting where he gets shot as well. Mm-hmm. And you never get to see the fate of those characters, at least within that movie. And even further, you get Brian, who's Paul Walker. He essentially lets Vin Diesel's character go at the end. Right. And so you don't know where Vin Diesel's going. You also don't know the fate of Brian since he's, you know, a cop, but he just let a criminal, technically a criminal, go. Right. So you don't know what his fate is. We do know there is an end credit scene where uh dom is in mexico right but you don't know why he's there you don't know why he's in mexico but we know he's just in mexico um so i enjoyed that part i think you know i don't think a lot of people necessarily are there for the writing no um i think with these movies sometimes i have to kind of put some of the writing choices aside knowing that it's more about you know the appeal of the cars and more about the action and sort of the fun aspect um so i'm not are gonna grade it too harshly just on the writing because let's be honest it's I mean, not a strong suit. it's not a strong suit right i think some of the actors and actresses are actually really compelling really good yeah i like a uh, uh, michelle rodriguez yeah. i think she's a very like that's what i think works with the whole like scantily clad women mm-hmm. car culture because she's this like really tough like fighter you know she's very like, like the badass exactly chick. yeah she has that kind of role and there's also Mia, who's yep. kind of, like, involved, but 
offhandedly, but she still gets things to do and has a role. Right. And it's not just this like love interest. Like she's also involved in other ways as well. Yeah. Um, at least in this movie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair because you get a lot in the in future movies, you get a lot of really strong female characters, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Yeah. And I think those two kind of started it off. Right. Because they're really the only main female characters in the first movie that mm-hmm. appear. There's definitely some really, like, interesting things. One of the comments I made is I said, if you like cars, I'm sure this is really fun for you. Yes. Because there's a lot of, like, really cool cars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, just like the, like, NAS stuff, like... The f- I, I cannot get over the shaky cam they use when they yeah. in- they induce the NOS. They, like, all of a sudden, like, the cameras start shaking, and it's all blurry and, like, really fast speed. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous, yeah. but I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, like, for a first movie, especially for being 20 years old, like, it's fun. It's solid. You know, and if you're not taking it too seriously. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can take this movie too seriously. because no, it, it wouldn't be that good if you did Right. Yeah. Just along for the ride. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get into some favorites. Um, this specific episode, we're switching it up. We thought if we're going to do a movie all about cars, we should pick a favorite car each up each yes. movie. So we we will do the the general thing we normally do: favorite characters, line, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also adding favorite car. Yeah, which I think is cool. And we kind of felt that was a, a fun little thing that would be nice to add just because this movie, at least in the beginning, is all about car, car cars and car culture. Yes. So I'll start. Okay. So I favorite character, I had a really hard time. I went back and forth between Brian and Dom. I went with Brian because I think that he, you can see how much he cares about these people that he's come to consider family. Yeah. And even so much so that he risks his job to let one of them go at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. And so I think getting to see that side of him, um, I agree with you. I don't think he has the strongest performance just in general acting wise. Yeah. But I think in terms of getting to see his character, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. So I ended up on picking Dom for the first movie and it's mainly for me, it, it was just hard. The acting was hard for me. I do think Brian as a character is compelling. It's just, I had some issues with like Paul Walker's performance in general. I think, like I said in in a comment, I thought he initially comes across as pretty douchey, but he has this like interesting dynamic with his like crew where like loyalty is most important above everything and he like will support everyone who's a who he trusts and who he like believes in mm-hmm. and there's like this interesting dynamic that will continue throughout all the movies that um now don't get me wrong i don't th- think vin diesel also is like that wide reaching of in the in the range of acting but he's good at a specific role mm-hmm. and like this kind of thing works for him and he knows how to play that so i think he plays to his strengths I mean, to be fair, I think, just going a little off-tangent here, I think a lot of the actors and actresses in this movie franchise kind of fit that. Yeah. Like, Michelle Rodriguez, I think, is very always typecast into certain roles that Mm -hmm. work for her. Yes. And future actors and actresses we get later on, I think, also kind of fit the same mold there. Yeah. So, favorite scene, I kind of went with a humor scene. Okay. Um, It's at the beginning when they're doing the street race and they've blocked off all the streets. Yeah. 
This dude just rolls up in a pizza hut. The pizza hut, hut truck <laughs> delivery yes. guy. And he's like, really? Like, again? Like, yeah. I can't deliver these I, fucking pizzas. I made a comment. I was like, the pizza hut man's yeah. just trying to live his life and do right. his job. And he's and just like, like again? Like, racers. okay, fine. Like, thanks. I loved that, too. Um, I put my favorite scene as, I thought the end truck heist scene was, was very compelling. And I had forgotten about it from the movie. So I was like very interested to see how it went you know if like vince is gonna die is he not gonna die like just thought it was like a good amount of suspense and like really brought you in yeah um so i didn't actually write down a favorite line for this movie i have one i have one line i wrote down so dom uh brian brings dom a car and he's like i said a 10 second car not a 10 minute car Mm mm-hmm because he just brings in this hunk of junk, and I was like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I guess I if I had to that. pick one, it would just be Nas. Yeah, Nas. Because he said it so many times. Um, so my favorite car of this movie is Dom's car that he built with his daddy, mm-hmm. uh, Daddy Toretto. <laughs> I thought you were going to say built with his daddy. <laughs> well, that's what I wrote down. I wrote Dom's black car built with daddy, so okay. I could remember what car it was. So, um, the car is a 1970 Dodge Charger RT and it's um, a black car, and it just has this very, like, sleek, old look to it, like American Muscle, you know, as they mentioned many times. A lot of references to American Muscle. I just liked the design. I liked the look of it. It gets completely destroyed by a train, but, you know, it comes back stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, So my favorite car is one that Brian drives. It's orange. It's a 1994 Toyota Supra. And it's got, like, orange with, like, the blue. I think it's, like, blue or green yeah. flames on it. Um, I actually read that just recently that car sold at an auction for, like, a ton of money. Like, I, someone, I a bet. fan bought yeah. it. But I think, I don't know. I, it's interesting to come at this as a perspective of people who don't really, not necessarily don't appreciate, but don't really know right a lot about cars. Like, we had to Google just to find out what these cars were, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, my, a lot of my criteria was color, yeah. was just the design of the right. car, not so much the, like, body type yeah. or the brand. It was, a lot of it was just, like, the visual appeal for me. I mean, we have to go off what we know, right. you know what I mean? We don't yeah. know a lot about these cars. No. Yeah. That was uh, the first movie. Yep, we're gonna move to the second one. Too Fast, Too Furious. Wow. Oh, wow. What a title. This is just fantastic. So this film came out in 2003, and this was a new director. It was uh, John Singleton. So Vin Diesel was originally supposed to be in this. Um, Instead, he chose to star in the movie The Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. And so basically what happened is um, Vin Diesel was sent the script and read it and was like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. He was quoted saying that the script sucked. He basically said he would not be involved in it. But Paul Walker appears again. Yes. Reprises his role. Um, the film bill, uh, grossed $236 million worldwide, which is still pretty good. Yeah. It did have a lot of negative reviews, and it was nominated for two awards at the Golden Raspberry Awards, which, if you don't know, it basically recognizes the worst films. Yeah, the worst of the worst. Right. Um, and it had a 36% in Rotten Tomatoes, a 38 out of 100 on Metacritic, but interesting enough, it had an A- minus on Cinema Score. Interesting. It was rated PG-13 and had a runtime of an hour and 47 minutes. Okay. So here's my summary. Yes, I'm ready. Brian, former cop, now FBI recruit, is back at it again. When trouble arises, Brian calls on his old buddy Roman to take out the bad guys. 
Torture by rat, bridge jumping, and driving cars onto boats await us in the movie that answers the question, is it really too fast and too furious? (laughs) That rat bucket. (sighs) Can we talk about how I almost had to shut off the movie because I was terrified I have to see a rat chew through a man's stomach? Like, nobody wanted to see that. Nobody wants to see a torture device of heating up a bucket on a man and watching a rat eat through him. No. Who asked for this? I'm just going to be straight up honest. This movie, this movie was, sucks. It was hard to get through. It, it is It is not helped because Paul Walker has not improved in his acting. Mm-hmm. He's still not great. I do like the dynamic between him and Roman Tyrese Gibson yes. who plays him. I liked their dynamic. I was like, this is the buddy cop movie. Like, you know, the, the bros. Bros before hoes. Yes. Or as Roman would say, bros before, and I quote, it's a hoasis in there. <laughs> I will say the the thing that saved this movie for me was Roman's character. Yeah, I agree. I understand why Vin Diesel did not want to be a part of this movie. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Can we talk about how you bring in Ava Mendez to play an FBI agent? And I'm not even joking when I say I think she is the worst character in the entire franchise. She is so underused in this movie and is so boring. And I like Ava Mendez as an actress. So I'm just like, why couldn't they have given her more? Like, yeah. she just, like, sits around and talks and appears and doesn't do anything. And I just, like, was upset that she didn't get more to do. Right. If you're going to cast someone as an FBI agent, utilize them in that role. Because she was just essentially the the girlfriend. Yeah. Like, she didn't do much. You're right. She didn't do much. Especially, sorry to cut you off there, especially because the only returning actor from the first movie is Paul Walker and the police chief man, but like, you know, he doesn't really count. So like, you have to have strong characters to support the fact that you're not leading up with anyone from your original movie. Okay, so I take back what I said. I, the, the thing I like about this movie is you get introduced to two characters who appear throughout the entire rest of the franchise. Yes. Uh, which would be Roman Pierce, which we talked and about. Taj. And who is um, friends, one of Brian's friends. Right. Who I think are both going forward, they have a really good dynamic together. They do. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, we get a female racer, Suki. We do. Yeah. Which I, got, I love her. Suki's got the best car. She got the best car. <laughs> the Barbie and car. I love it. When she said she was jumping a bridge and she said... Oh, it's, she yelled, smack that ass. Oh, smack that ass. Because yeah. she was jumping And she also beat Sucre, which... Yes. Sucre from Prison Break. Maria, why did you leave I literally me? wrote, Maria, why did you leave yeah. me? Yeah, the main thing I said is that this, this is a lot slower paced. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help the movie, and it's not as exciting as the first one. So it just, like, doesn't flow well. There's yeah. not enough entertaining things. Like, yeah, sure, you get the, like, Dukes of Hazard jump the car into a boat bit. But there wasn't enough street racing and there wasn't enough stunts and the characters weren't there enough to, I think, make it compelling, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I basically wrote... The thing I did like is there was actually legitimate, like, racing, like, a lot of yeah. turns and stuff. Because right. in the first movie, you mostly just got, like, the, the street racing, just the straight shot. Right. Um, I think that there wasn't enough action... Either that or it was way over the top, like jumping a car into a, a yacht. And, and the story isn't good. And I think the problem with this one being that they didn't bring back any of the characters. Yeah. Minus Paul Walker. Right. And so you have to try and 
re not relearn but try and reintroduce reintroduce new characters that the audience is going to immediately fall in love with which i didn't necessarily even the characters that continue throughout the series I, i don't think this movie really helped me no. In liking them. Right. It's its greatest strength is its introduction of characters and character right. dynamics that would continue throughout the series. I think. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think there was a lot of issues with this. I think so as well. Favorites. So my favorite character was Rome. Mm-hmm. I liked his dynamic with Brian. Um, I think he was an interesting choice. It's interesting to me to go back now and look at this movie after having seen all the rest and seeing how they changed his character Mm -hmm. because he starts off as this like tough you know he's been in jail they find him and he has an ankle monitor and he's on probation essentially and steals things and it's this like tough guy persona Mm -hmm. you know as the series goes on he becomes like the comedic relief in a way and it's like so interesting to like reflect back on this first movie he appears in and just see the like how they changed his character, I just think is really interesting to see. Yeah, and it's also, you kind of see why in the first movie, why Brian let Dom go. Yeah. Was because when he, he didn't really get a chance to help out Roman when he got sent to jail. Mm-hmm. So I think he ca- kind of saw that like as a do-over. But I agree with you. I, I picked Roman too, and I think you get to see his vulnerability more as the series goes on and see that he's, you know, he is afraid of things and he's kind of like the voice of reason at times. Yeah. And so it is interesting to see, but I think he had the best, I mean, to me, he was the best part about this movie with his humor and everything He had the like best that. lines, yeah. Right. Um, actually, my favorite line was one of his and it was kind of my favorite scene at the same time. It was right at the end of the movie um, and they, they were talking about how like, oh, if he ever gets out of prison, you'll be in trouble. Yeah. And Roman's like, no, for real, you think he's actually going to get yeah. out? And he's, he's like, like he no, seriously. Yeah. Like, so I just thought that was good humor. So my um, favorite line and scene kind of go together as well. I did actually really like It's a Oasis in here line. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite line, though, there's in scene, it's where Rome and Brian have their fight when they first meet. They got to, you know, kind of fight it out. And he's just like, you still fight like shit. <laughs> like, they're just, like, rolling around on the ground, like, fighting. And I, that was fun for me because it kind of established their dynamic and their relationship, like, right away. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I get it. Like, I see what this relationship's kind of like. And the part where the police chief just sits down and is, like, yeah. watching. He's just happen. like, all right, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, favorite car is, is Suki's. It's, it's Suki's car. Uh, pink 2000 Honda S2000. It's a coupe. Yeah. Uh, it has pink flames. Yeah. Nas. I love that. That's like the first scene of the movie is this mm-hmm. this race and you just see her in her car and like she just like kicks ass. Why didn't we continue this as we went along? Because mm-hmm. Suki never appears again. Nope. And you also don't really get a lot of women racing in many of the other movies that follow. And I'm like, we were doing so good. Right. And then they took a real dip into nope territory. Yeah. And I got sad. Yep. All right, now we're going to curve and drift into the next movie. It's the third movie in the franchise, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. So this movie was released in 2006. It's rated PG-13 and has a runtime of an hour and 44 minutes. So some background of this movie. This is the first movie of this franchise directed by Justin Lin. Him... Writer Chris Morgan and composer Brian Tyler would go on to be involved in 
majority of the movies continuing on in this franchise and this was their first movie all three of them worked on and I think the composer was involved in like four of the five movies and Justin Lin's directed several more of the movies I think he directed nine the most recent one as yeah, well yeah he did not direct eight, eight. I don't believe I don't, so, or maybe he, seven yeah but he's directed um, quite a few but essentially what happened is they could not secure any of the original cast I imagine that in part has to do with what happened with two they decided that they were going to try to distance this movie by creating a new location in a different country and a completely different car subgenre that they had not covered before in this case being drifting um, and taking place in Tokyo and so this was interesting to me in that this movie exists on a separate timeline because the events of the fourth through sixth movies of this franchise are set between the events of the second and third movie. So this movie chronologically takes place after six, mm-hmm. which I think is very strange, you know, because they didn't plan that out. They just made it work. And I know why they made it work right. is because of how I would imagine certain character became a fan favorite and they wanted to include him in as many movies as physically possible before he dies. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. And so the movie grossed $159 million worldwide, and it is the lowest grossing movie in the franchise. Mm -hmm. It has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 46 out of 100 on Metacritic. Let me give a summary. A country boy gets put in the big city of Tokyo. Sean must navigate the street racing drifting scene with Bow Wow and Han Solo. All while trying to woo Neela, who is absolutely out of his league. I just had to say that. I'm sorry. Like, I understand people can be attracted to whoever they want to be attracted to. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I could not take that seriously. It just didn't work for me. I no offense to the actor who plays Sean. I just she's way too hot for him. And I also don't like that I feel like sometimes it's like women are lowering their standards. Yeah. Like it it sounds bad to say that it's obviously not all about physical appearance, but here's my thing. He's not wealthy. No. He's not, like, someone who in any time in the near future will become wealthy. He's, like, the country boy meets the big city stereotype. So it doesn't necessarily make sense. So something I wanted to bring up is that this movie is consistently considered the weakest movie of the franchise or one of the weakest movies in the franchise. Although it now has a kind of like cult following of people who like it because it's the last movie before we start to take a turn into a different subgenre of the franchise will kind of take a turn from this like car street racing uh, thing into a more heists and, you know, elaborate stunts and things like that. And saying that, I like weirdly found this movie very endearing. Like, I really enjoyed this movie more than I thought I was going to. No, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, like, this plot is certainly different, um, but I weirdly like it more than the first two. It was something that I said. Also, another thing, DK, who is the, um, I don't know, villain of the movie. Yeah, 
He is Kazu from Zoe 101, who owned the Sushi Rocks restaurant. Because I was like, he looks really familiar. Right. And I was trying to place him, and it was like, Zoe 101. And I was like, oh, Zoe 101. Now, the beginning of this movie, I didn't think I was going to like it. Okay. Do you have a summary? Yeah, I already said it. Oh. Yeah, I already gave the summary. I must have missed it. Well, first, it's Han. Let's just talk about Han. So, Han... I quickly enjoy like started to like him in the movie. Yeah. And when he was murdered, yes, I was very sad, very emotional. Yes. And then spoiler for future movies, when I saw he was coming back in the next movie, yeah. I was like this is fantastic because I think what it is about Han is I think that how do I put it? Everyone's rooting against Sean in the in the beginning of the movie when he comes right. to Tokyo and is just so shitty at drifting. Yeah. Because he should because he's never drifted. And he like life. destroys a yeah. car. Like he destroys, destroys Han's car. And several other cars in the right. parking lot as well. But Han just is like, you know what? Fuck these cars. I'm gonna help you out. I see something in you. And it's just like he's so endearing. Like you can't not like him as a character. I think actually the collective actors and actresses in this movie were really strong. Yeah. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed it. And also, like, it's interesting how my favorite movie that far, like, thus far, had none of the original cast. Yeah. Dom makes a, okay. a quick cameo. Right. But but yes, the, the entire cast of any of the first two movies, that they had already established these, like, existing characters, none of them were in this right. movie. Going back to Han, he's just very, like... He's, like, almost knowledgeable. Like, there's a scene where him and Sean are on a rooftop and kind of talking about Han's, like, you know, just surrounding yourself with people that you can trust. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned something about... You mean the quote, life's simple, you make choices, and you don't look back. Yeah. And they also have a, a scene where they're in a car talking, and he's like, why don't you ever race DK? Yeah. And he's like... I forget what he says, but it's something, like, just because... I can beat him or something doesn't mean I need I, to I need to. Him. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? I just find his perspective to be very interesting. Yeah. And um, so something I did, I was like, I know that he appears in future movies just from the little tidbits that I knew. And also one of my coworkers was obsessed with the franchise. And so I was made to watch the trailer for the ninth movie in like 2019 when right. it was still supposed to come out in 2020. And then... It was, like, a big deal that Han appeared. Because I was like, who's this guy? And he was like, oh, he's dead, but he's, like, back. And I was like, oh, I don't really understand what that means. Mm -hmm. But sure, okay. And so when he died, I wasn't necessarily sad. Because I'm like, I know he's going to come back in some capacity in future movies. But I imagine if I hadn't known that, I probably would have been more sad. I was not aware of that at at the time when I watched it. Because I literally wrote, if Han dies... I will cry. And then I said, oh, fuck, he just died. I was not aware of the fact until I watched the next movie and saw him that he was going to be in future movies. Yeah. So for me, it was it was emotional. I think, though, what I, what I enjoyed about this movie is, like, Sean comes and he's, like, not even remotely good. No. Like, he's so bad. And I love that the movie just doesn't automatically make him good. Right. He has like, to work he, for it. He really does have to work for it. You get a classic, like, work for it montage. You know, mm-hmm. where you just yep. get to see him, like, drift and all that. 
you know, I, I appreciate the fact that they don't just automatically make him good. And I think DK is a compelling villain. I like that you get to see the, dy- the dynamic with his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, Yakuza. Yeah. So, speaking of that, one thing that I noticed and we had briefly talked about is there are parts of this movie that, well, clearly it's in Tokyo, so they're speaking Japanese. But there are periods and points of this movie where there are no subtitles. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out, because sometimes with, um, like, widescreen aspect ratio, like, subtitles have been cut, cut off of movies and TV right. shows just because the aspect ratio changed from, like, what it was originally filmed on to, like, being on, you know, a television or YouTube or whatever. Like, we rented this on YouTube. So I was trying to figure out, I'm like, is this something where the subtitles are supposed to be here and they're not? Or is this, like, an intentional choice that they made to have this scene like some of these scenes not include any subtitles so it's just you trying to interpret what's happening based on facial expressions based mm-hmm. on emotions that are being displayed well what was interesting was an earlier scene they did have subtitles right so that's why i was i almost confused. think they did that on purpose on purpose yeah i think it's interesting because you know especially at that time period a lot of movies made for american culture like that Right. They wouldn't have not put subtitles because, you know, it's a, trying to appeal to an American, mostly English-speaking audience. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed that they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get a lot more movies nowadays that, you know, I think of like Parasite. Yeah. The right. entire movie takes place in another language. Right. I also think that the... The driving sequences and the chase scenes were done really cool in this movie. Yeah. I think that it was very smart of them to distance it by making it all about drifting. Yeah. Because it, it changed the race dynamic a ton. Mm-hmm. And it um, allowed for some interesting new camera angles and shots. And, like, they did a lot of, like, quick cuts and were able to capture things differently. Like, my just to skip ahead to my favorite scene, I really liked the end downhill drifting scene. Mm-hmm. So him and DK are racing down this mountain, just all curves, all drifting all around. And it was a really dynamic, entertaining race. And it was very almost intimate in a way, because it was just them two. Like, there's nobody else. It's just two cars, and they're just making their way down this mountain. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I think a last thing I just want to say is I think the story is actually really strong in this. Yeah. I think think so, too. the writing's maybe one of the stronger movies. When this movie started, and I had had forgotten the majority of this movie, um, the only thing I really remembered is us, when we were in high school, we used to yell Tokyo Drift Mm -hmm. when we would drift in the snow in our truck. We'd go, Tokyo Drift, and then we'd drift a little bit. Not like they do in this movie, but we'd get a little drift going on in the snow. But when it started, I was like, oh, I'm like, this is a high school movie. I'm like, oh, no, that's not going to be good. High school kid street racing. And Mm -hmm. then when it shifted to being in Tokyo, Mm -hmm. I like I got it immediately. And I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, I agree. Um, My favorite character was Han. It's Han. Yeah. I don't think that's a surprise. We already we already talked about him. I don't think we need to say more. Uh, Favorite scene was it was actually a drifting scene, but it was where they're down going through the streets of tokyo and there's a huge crowd yeah and all of a sudden you know the crowd parts and it goes like in slow motion of them just drifting around yeah. this corner. across the corner yeah i thought that was really cool how that was shot i don't have a scene um a line no i think I, oh no i do sorry 
the line is you're like the justin timberlake of japan right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like even jt's getting his yeah. love yes uh mine was that one line i said from han i just thought it was you know a good line right and then clearly the my favorite car was han's car yep he has this oh it's so so nice it's a 1997 Mazda RX-7 FD, but it's mm-hmm. also known as the RX Veilside Fortune. It's orange with black details, and it just looks slick. It just looks so nice. Yeah. Like, Ma- that was the first time, other than Suki's car, where I, like, saw the car, and I was like, that's it. Yes. Right there. Like, immediately I was in. I'm gonna say the same, although I would like to give a shout-out to Sean's muscle car at the end. It's, yeah. like, a black and white. It looks mm-hmm. really cool. But, yeah, Han's car's clearly the best in this. Yes. Okay, so we're moving into the fourth installment, which yes. is titled Fast and Furious. Instead of The Fast and the Furious, it's just Fast and Furious. Yes. With I- an ampersand. Yes. Instead of and choice title, you know how hard it was for me to find the movie to rent on YouTube because I kept pulling up the first movie. Yeah, when I was just trying to look up the like the information, just to look at quotes and things, I just kept hitting the first mm-hmm. one, and I'm like, no, I want four. I want I'm like I want Fast and Furious. Okay, so this was 2009, uh, rated PG-13. It was an hour and 46 minutes, and again directed by Justin Lin. It grossed 360 million. It has a 29% Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic of 46 out of 100, and an A- cinema score. And this movie features majority of the original main cast. It was actually made as a sequel to the first movie. Yes. So the other two movies, number two and three, are seen more of like spin-offs, Standalones. Standalones. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting because they got most of the original cast to agree to sign back on. So you have to wonder if that had part to do with Tokyo Drift? Maybe. Because, you know, after the second one, they couldn't get anyone to commit. But yeah, so I mean, that's interesting to see. Um, That was really, there was literally like no other background I could find on this movie. Interesting. Which was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think partly because it was just so hard to search. The only other thing I was going to say is I saw a thing online where they said they made, or they had uh over 240 cars okay. for this movie and you gotta wonder how many cars they've just destroyed in these movies some of the movies they tell you like there's an actual like yeah. list where it says like this is how many cars they destroyed some of them i wasn't able to find that information yeah um so let me just get into a summary the original gang is all back together in the fourth installment of the fast and furious the bonds of family are tested when one of them is murdered forcing an old friend back into the mix the real question is, will they survive and make it to family dinner on Sunday? So, can we just talk about how beginning seven minutes into the movie and it, like, is immediately excessively over the top? Mm-hmm. This was the first sign that shit was about to just hit the fan. So, the fifth film is generally considered the shift in this franchise where it shifts from more of a car oriented in like street racing to more of like the heist action adventure big budget like you know stunts that you would see like with tom cruise kind of deal like a mission impossible-esque deal so four is kind of like the weird in between where things kind of start to go in that direction but it's not fully there yet 
Yeah, so you find out it's been five years since the first movie. Right. But this actually takes place before Tokyo Drift. Before Tokyo Drift, correct. Right. Because Han is in their crew at the very beginning of the movie. And you find out that Letty, who's Michelle Rodriguez's character, has been murdered. She's been murdered. You find out that Dom basically kind of left thinking to be better off for everyone and he finds out she's been murdered brian's been working with the fbi right which i was kind of confused yeah i was too because the second movie he was i don't try to think too much about the plot or otherwise you get a headache i mean i just had a lot of questions in this movie i okay i just want to bring something up because it bothers me why do men grasp beer at the the top of it yeah and like drink like that i don't know why can't they hold it like a normal person like, yeah, i watched yeah. vin diesel like man manhandle the neck <laughs> this beer just yeah to, just to drink it and he does it throughout every movie his corona i guess i only on. drink corona come on vin um i just i don't know how to feel about this movie because there were some interesting aspects but i think it it was trying to figure out what it wanted to be Yes. How to move away from the original movies, but how to also find its footing without relying strictly on street racing. I have a comment that I just said, I think this movie is just meh. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, I thought the Braga, who's the villain, thought he was interesting. I mean, I kind of saw it coming that he was going to be the villain. Like, he was pretending to not be who he was. I mean, I like Gal Gadot. Who ends up becoming Wonder Woman right. in the future. I feel like she was a fine addition. Again, she didn't really get much to do. Yeah. I learned in this movie, Pitbull. They love Pitbull in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in every single movie, I think. Maybe not Tokyo Drift, but he was in 1, 2, and 4. Pitbull prominently featured. You gotta meet him at the hotel room, Hannah. Yes. Then you bring your girlfriend and meet me at the hotel room. And I was like, I forgot the song existed and I wish I didn't know it existed. Yeah. I would I like mean, to go back to that reality where I forgot this was a thing. We end the movie with Dom getting uh, 25 years to life. In prison. In prison. Brian leaves the FBI. It was interesting to see the dynamic between um, Brian, Brian and, and Dom. Oh. Um, basically, they haven't seen each other since he... Brian technically, like, betrayed him and told him he was an undercover cop. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see that. It's interesting to see how their relationship kind of evolves and grows throughout the movie. I'm falling apart over here. Yeah, you gotta, see, this you is another up. thing, like, with Han, where, like, Letty's dead, but I know she's in future movies because I've seen her in stock. I'm like, oh, no, she's dead. Wow. How horrible. Mm-hmm. Can't believe she's been murdered. Right. Wonder which movie she'll come back in. No body, no death. No death. And, like, there's a part where um, Dom gets shot in the shoulder and literally doesn't even flinch or move. It goes straight into his shoulder. And I'm like, I'm like, how? how? This is fine. I would like to take this moment to just say how many times these people get hurled through the air in a car or thrown oh. off a building. Explode, shot. hit by a car and just get up and carry on like nothing happened. Yeah. It's excessive. I mean, I don't understand. I just, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I just didn't really have a lot about this movie. I just want to mention that I don't know why we needed the scene of Papa Dwight um, with a group of women exploring his foot fetish. 
I was like, at least his name's not Daddy Dwight, and he goes by Papa Dwight. I was like, at least that's something. But I, like, why did we need this scene? Was it necessary? Yeah, that was particularly disturbing for me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not kink shaming. I just, did we need that specific scene in this movie? Like, we could have had the same outcome without having that like he could just be having an orgy with women right and that would have been fine too we didn't need to make it about his foot fetish yeah stuff that's fair yeah just just uh, my opinion my personal opinion yeah let's move on let's go to to favorite in this movie brian is my favorite uh character and i i put in quotes he got better at acting like Mm -hmm. i think he improved quite a bit from one and two to here where i like was like yeah i i'm really invested in his story and like trying to regain this like ties that he had with this family you know and it's been five years and he hasn't seen any of them in five years he's trying to create this like i don't remember what i was saying brian Brian is my favorite character. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. You can go. Okay, I, I also said Brian. He He's working with a lot of idiots at the FBI. He's just trying to do the right thing and his loyalty and his character get to, to, get to come out. <laughs> God. I actually think he had my favorite line, too. Okay. This movie. So he's talking to... Favorite line and favorite scene. Okay. So favorite line. He's talking to... Um, Mia. I think... And he said, you asked me why I let Dom go. I think it was because at that moment I respected him more than I did myself. Yeah. Which is introspection is always great. Yeah. Gotta love the introspection. What was your favorite scene then? Oh, so it's when Brian's driving in a car and the navigation keeps telling him to reroute. Okay. And yeah. he's just yelling at it. Yeah. I'm like, that's literally anyone when yes. the navigation keeps telling you to change yeah. your route. That's you fair. You don't want to. Favorite scene. I really liked the intro when we first see Brian when he's chasing down that convict uh, or someone. And it's just like an action like chase scene. And I thought it was really well done. And I liked it. Yeah. My favorite line. This will become a running trend where I just pick like one of Vin Diesel's lines that I think is mean so bad it's good kind of deal so vin diesel's line is a real driver knows exactly what's in his car like the drugs yes god is that you yeah i'm sorry i was i wasn't sure if mish was just playing with Mm -hmm. something and i um my favorite car of this movie exists for 10 seconds it's a car that gal gadot's character giselle drives it's a Porsche Cayman S, and it's this white car. It just looks really nice, and I saw it and I went, ooh, I will hope I get to see that car again, and then you never see it again. Yep. And I was like, well, great. That was also my favorite car. <laughs> yeah. Same okay, car. great. Fast Five. Fast Five, or the fifth movie of the Fast and Furious franchise, was released in 2011. It's rated PG-13. And has a runtime of two hours and ten minutes. So um, Justin Lin has returned to direct this movie. And this is um, kind of how I said earlier how this was the start of the transition from street racing. um, Sorry, street racing and car culture and cars to more of um, heist films. And it was just said that this was to get more audiences who are generally put off by cars and car culture that being i guess us are the kind of people they're trying to market to 
So they wanted to go for more something of like the Italian job, still using cars, but using it like Ocean's Eleven or, you know, more of a, a heist film. And this movie was extremely marketed. Like they went all out with their marketing because they wanted people to know that the, like this franchise is going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So it worked though because the movie grossed over 625 million worldwide. And Vin Diesel actually had a lot of input on this movie. And he was the one who wanted to bring back a huge amount of characters and cast from previous movies. Like, he requested and thought that that was something that they should do, mm-hmm. which I think worked really well. So thanks, Vin Diesel. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate it. The Dodge Charger was the centerpiece of the movie. They used several Dodge Chargers, um, and so Dodge obviously sponsored the movie. And this was the start of having a large amount of expensive stunts for this movie, for the movies that they would continue to do. And in in a trend, they generally, like, do most of the stunts. Like, of course, they have stunt people doing it and not the actors, but they try to maintain using as little CGI as possible because they want it to be realistic to an extent, I guess is what I should Mm say. So, my summary. The gang's all here in this nonstop action thriller that starts the trend away from car culture and into over-the-top, unrealistic, and non-bone-breaking stunts. Dom and his family are heisting trains, taking on tanks, and lassoing planes as they try to steal a hundred million dollars and flee from the demigod Maui. Hmm. This movie is very much Ocean's Eleven with cars. Yeah, I really like this movie. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting because it doesn't have the issue that the fourth movie had. I think it clearly knew what the it wanted to be as a movie. Um, The only thing I I said is I did miss some of the simplistic car races, car driving scenes. I missed that because everything just felt very, like, just full charged, like, out of control at times. Right. Um, But I I love that they get the squad together. mm -hmm. So you get Brian, you get Dom, Letty's dead, dead, Dead. but you get Rome, you get Roman Pierce, Mm -hmm. you get Taj, Mm -hmm. you get Gal Gadot. Han. You get Han, you get Vince comes back, yep. you get Mia yep. is back and involved, kind of, <laughs> again, no, kind no. of involved. And you just kind of get this, like, group dynamic that is different from the family dynamic of the first few movies, right. you know? It's more about the, like, people kind of fall into these roles mm-hmm. where somehow Taj becomes a hacker yeah, I... Which I was kind of confused how that happened. Well, because, you know, in the first movie, he's, like, leads a lot of the races, like, sets up events, and is, like, responsible for, like, the betting. And then right. all of a sudden we get further in, and he's like, I'm like, when did he become this hacker? Yeah. I think what you said, what you just said is interesting because the first movie, the family is very much, like, the people he grew up with. Right. And then now you're getting this sort of new family where it's people who have brought been brought into the yeah by different people. You know, Brian brought some of them in, and and people kind of mixing from different parts of Dom's life. 
But it's interesting how even though they didn't all like grow up together, they're still able to have that family dynamic. They're able to kind of give each other a hard time, um, joke around with each other, and also look out for each other because, you know, family is very important. As always, gratuitous sex appeal, but also Mm -hmm. family. Yeah. For the family, you know? I mean, I think it's nice because you get... You get to see Mia doing some driving sequences. Yeah, I liked getting to see her drive because mm-hmm. I'm like, can we have women be more than a love interest? Right. We killed off Letty, who was the only woman who like right. was driving and involved and actually like you know beating people up and stuff. So, um, but we do bring in Gal again. We do get, get she get gets to join the crew and yep. she she does get to do action sequences as well. Yes, I mean so. Mia turns out she's pregnant, so yes. like I mean, yeah, kind of takes her out of the yeah, fold pretty quickly, right? But at the same time, we'll talk about it further in the in the other right. movies. But she still does get to play a role, which I like. I mean, some of these uh, scenes were just way over the top. Oh yeah, but in terms of what I've seen, and in, in terms of a whole franchise, they're actually pretty tame. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're tame. Um, how how do you feel about? The Rock in this movie specifically. Specifically. Well, for one, I don't like his goatee. Mm-hmm. This specific movie goatee. He can do a goatee, but this one just didn't work for me. So I was already immediately thrown off by his goatee. I liked his relationship with Elena, the other um, agent in Brazil, who will continue to appear in the franchise and unfortunately will not get to do very much, mm-hmm. uh, as always. And I really liked her character in this movie. So uh, that's a real shame that, you know, she just kind of like exists in the future. I think his character is kind of similar to Rome's, but in an opposite way. Whereas Rome was the star of the second movie, like is what drove, like his character was based on that. And then that kind of shifted as the movie went along. Whereas um, Hobbes, starts off as this like rugged you know agent he's like i gotta catch my prey which is dom you know and blah 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 and he's really serious but then Mm -hmm. as the franchise goes along he kind of like mellows and becomes this like family man you know like friend and group you know family member of the family Mm -hmm. so i don't necessarily love him in this movie but i don't like hate his character either i think I actually didn't enjoy him until after his entire, like, team gets taken out. Okay. And he realizes that, like, you can't necessarily do everything by the book. Right. And that's when I kind of started to like his character. The other thing I just wanted to say is I find it really interesting that the first couple movies, the only really chase sequences you get all take place in cars. Yeah. Even in the fourth one, a lot of it was, too. This is, like, the first one where you get a lot of, like, foot chasings. Yeah. And it kind of brings it out of the car world and into a real world setting. Right. Which I find to be interesting. You also get a lot more fist fighting and gunfights and, yeah. Which I think this series itself does choreography fights pretty pretty well. well. Yeah. Compared to what I've seen in some stuff. I don't know, again, like, I think there's good humor in this movie. Yeah. There were a couple scenes that I really liked, like, mm-hmm. humor-wise. Yeah. I, this does start the dynamic between Taj and Rome. Yeah. Because um, they, oh, well, they are both in the second movie, They that dynamic wasn't established. Right. But they, like, kind of have this, like, rivalry, mm-hmm. but also, like, a friendly, like, competitiveness. Right. That I think works. Also, I was like, boo-hoo, Vince died. Who cares? Yeah. Like, I didn't feel anything for his death. 
Well, I mean, we didn't, we weren't supposed to like him in the first movie. Right. I don't think this movie, he seemed like, he was very, like, you didn't know if he was good or bad the whole movie. I named my son after Dom. Yeah. Look at me, I'm a, I'm a family member. Right. Even though I betrayed them. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all yeah. I have. Also, Ava Mendez just kind of appears. Yeah, She's just a at quick the cameo, end. cameo and then never appears again. Pops so. in and pops out. Yep. <laughs> Um, I think my favorite character this movie was... Oh, this is hard. I had a couple people. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Uh, So I just decided to pick Dom. It's like, you know, he's pretty strong in this movie. I liked his dynamic with all the characters, kind of bringing Mm -hmm. everyone together. Clearly, Vin Diesel getting to show off his muscular bod so he gets to do some fighting. Right. Like some some real mm, testosterone-fueled fighting. As opposed to just driving muscle cars. There's a lot of characters I like. Like, I mean, I like Han, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really get a lot to do right. in this movie. So I didn't really feel like I could pick him. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think in terms of who actually had screen time, I would probably have to go with Dom as well. I would agree with you on that. I think my favorite scene was... Um, oh, shoot. Because I have two. Okay, so Roman goes into the police station. Mm-hmm. And he has an ID for, and it's yes. Brian. Yes. And he's like, this says you're Caucasian. And Roman's like, oh, it's a tan. But like his whole scene, because he's trying to, he he's hoping it's going to be a female police officer so he can like flirt with her. Right. And it ends up being a male and he's like, oh shoot, like now I got to figure this out. But I just, I don't know. I like a lot of his scenes he's in, I, I really enjoy. I think he's yeah, good fun. humor. Mine is, I actually really liked the train heist they did. That was like the first stunt piece that wasn't necessarily like like the street racing cars thing like it was elaborate and there was like it was pretty interesting and i liked the dynamic you know mm-hmm. and um i liked seeing all the characters getting to do different things so i yeah. picked that one um i think my favorite line again is roman and he's like i don't even remember what he was talking about but he's like so did he just like slap that ass <laughs> yes. or grab and hold it yeah yeah i wrote that downtown did he just like slap that ass yeah, yeah the way he said it too yeah it was it delivered really well delivery was great um i liked that line my other line my other vin diesel line life's a race if you don't run fast you'll get trampled i mean that's true yeah he's got a lot of lines like that It's not not fun being trampled. No. Hannah would know. I would know. Um, My favorite car, I had a hard time with this movie specifically. I feel like there wasn't necessarily a lot of different cars in this one. I think because they were trying to, this was the one where they're like, we need to take the focus away Mm -hmm. from the cars and more on the the adventure. So the car I picked, it's a Porsche 996 GT3 RS. It's a blue, like, coupe car. Did you pick that one as well? Yes, we keep picking the same cars. I'm sorry. Um... Mainly, I liked the color of it, and it's kind of like Brian has it briefly. He's driving it. Well, they won it from a street yeah, race. Yeah, they won it from a street race, yeah. and Brian's briefly driving it, but I just, like, thought it looked cool. Yeah. Pick the same one. Yep. Exact same one. Nice. Okay, so next we have Fast and Furious 6, which is PG-13. It was 2 hours and 11 minutes, and it uh, came out in 2013. A 70 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 61% on Metacritic. And it had $788 million worldwide box office. Keep it going. Um, So like you said, or no, like you said with the fifth one, this one was also used to broaden the fan base, kind of more of like the spy thematic elements. For this, six and seven, 
were intended to. Okay. All right. Just get some zooms out of the way. <laughs> um, six and seven were atten- intended to be a single story uh, running back to back through both movies. I did read that yeah. um, for my background on seven, that they Those were are... intended, yeah, to be. Right. Like, like, originally they were talking about making six, like, all of that whole, like, six and seven, but it was, like, way too long. So yeah. they're like, we'll split it into two parts. Okay. So, summary. Uh, Fast and Furious meets Batman in the sixth installment of this franchise. When one of their own is working against them, the crew must rely on each other and, of course, the bonds of family to ensure they all come home. Spoiler, they don't all come home. No. Giselle gets blown up. Yep. By Wonder Woman. She should have worn a helmet. She should have. No one in this... And these franchises wears helmets when they're being shot at and... Also, they were on motorcycles. I'm like, wear a goddamn helmet. Yeah. That's why you died, because you didn't wear a helmet. So the intro to this movie was basically like a recap of the entire film franchise. Yeah. Like, if you hadn't seen it, you would have been fine. Again, the whole crew gets back together. Yeah, back together. And also, I... Letty's alive. What a surprise. But I, I cannot stand the amnesia trope. It's so stupid. It's like, how many goddamn times can someone, oh no, I have amnesia and now I'm evil because I don't know anything. Like, stop. Nobody wants this. Like, I've never had amnesia, but like, not being able to remember shit doesn't just automatically mean you're going to be a bad person and do bad shit. Oh no, I fell off a horse and now I can't remember anything about my family and then we're going to end the series like that because, wow, that makes for a great series finale. We'll just recap the entire history of the show sorry i'm just one on a full house it's fine so they're like special ops now i guess they're working with hobbs and doing hob shit you also get um gaston as the villain yeah you get rita orta just appears briefly Mm -hmm. ronda rousey is also briefly as a bodyguard although she kicks letty's oh wait that's not the right movie (laughs) did i put in the wrong movie (laughs) that's in seven isn't it Oh, I meant, sorry, not Ronda Rousey, um, Gina Carano, right? Yes. Sorry, that's who I meant. Um, yeah, so I didn't really like the pairing between The Rock and, uh, Gina Carano, Mm -hmm. who, I might be pronouncing your name wrong, who's from, um, The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yep. It was okay. Right. I mean, clearly she can fight and do her own stunts, so, like, that's cool, and, like, for, Letty's always getting the shit beat out of her. Every single movie. The guys, like, get hit with fucking crowbars and, like, concrete walls and get their backs broken on metal bars and they stand up and they're like, oh, we're fine. Meanwhile, Letty's just getting the shit kicked out of her. And then she comes back, like, her face is just destroyed Bloody and bruised. And I'm like, excuse me. So, I think with this, I mean, they offer them full pardons again. Like, how many times are they going to do that? I don't know. Yeah. I think that... It's a fun movie from, like, an action standpoint. Yeah. I think the story, to me, it blends a little bit too much with five and with seven. Yeah, and I, I think so, too. I know that seven is supposed to be a continuation of six, but I think it blends a little bit too much with the movie before I think, it. I think it does as well. I, I agree. I think there's too much going on. It's not very focused. Because five is is pretty focused, and I think seven is also pretty focused. Mm-hmm. So six just kind of feels like, like I can understand how this was supposed to be two movies. I don't know, just like this one wasn't as strong for me. No, I do think though that 
some of the characters had their best movie. Yeah. Like, in terms of just a really strong, like, Roman. Yeah. Um, he was I good. I think he did. I think there was the scene with, like, the pretty woman scene that Taj had where he buys all the cars from the... <gasps> yes. Yeah. He's like, give, you, give him your shirt. Right. Yeah. Because the, the guy before, it's you like, know, this auction comes up to yeah. him and he's like, oh, you're not really... I don't think you're... I he thought he was like one of the people Kitchen who worked staff. there or whatever because he's, like, he's like you are not cannot afford these vehicles. right and then t- mm. uh, snooty he ends up buying all the cars and the guy like basically has to, your like, Abe Froman sausage king of Chicago snooty snooty um but yeah I just think that it's very much like cliche in a lot of senses yeah and I didn't really. The stunts weren't as fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you get like the ta- the tank one, or is that the other movie? I kind of some of these stunts I get confused with. Uh, the no, they drove the tank down the high. Uh, no, that was wait. The plane was this one. Yes, the plane one yes. part where they like have the plane bit at the end there. I think the tank was in this movie. Was it okay? Um, I don't. I think the problem is that I'm blending this movie. There with- was. The most ridiculous scene, though, is the one where Letty goes fucking flying in the air and Dom, like, catches her midair and they, like, fly into a car and are both perfectly fine. Yeah, I think that might you were You were talking about that at the highway. It's like a highway chase. I think that's with the tank. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, jumps and is, like, flying in the air and he, like, catches her and they're, like, flying and t- perfectly fine. No problem. Yes. No issue. It's just a lot. And then also, this is the last time we get Han. Because right. then he did. Yeah, in Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Because he goes to Tokyo at the end yep. of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting how Shaw uses Dom's loyalty to his family against him. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's predictable, that. but yeah. I think, though, that I agree with you. I think... Um, like, I like the group dynamics, though. And yeah. those are fun. And, you know, that'll still be fun. Um. So... I think I just want to get into favorites because I don't yeah. really have anything else to say. That's fine. I don't really either. So my favorite character was Roman. Uh, I had a tie between Han and Luddy in this movie. Okay. I think for me, Roman, I think it was his best movie. I think that he actually got a lot of really good like scenes. Like there's a part where he's talking about how all of them were like hunting their evil twins. Yeah. And he's like, this is literally just looks just like you and like yeah. all this stuff. And... I don't know. I think he's at times when these movies get a bit clustered and confusing and just over the top. He's kind of that person who almost brings it back down with like to reality relief. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think it that's what I was kind of saying. Like his character changes mm-hmm. from his first role, first appearance to now to be more comedic relief but i feel like it doesn't necessarily make him a worse character Mm -hmm. um in some ways it makes him better in some ways i'm like okay like it's a little ridiculous but i do think it most of the time it does work yeah i would agree i I liked him a lot i did like han and Letty because i just like han he got more to do in this movie and you had his like relationship with giselle and she's dead so now i gotta go to tokyo by myself kind of deal right um and letty i also liked because she actually had a plot like this the story was about her right it's about her being alive and like having lost her memory and trying to deal with that and so i just like liked actually getting to see her have a plot Mm -hmm. after you know six movies got to that point you know right where like since we don't have any women like leads that's true so she kind of was like the focus which i was like finally 
mm-hmm. got something. I think my favorite car, which I didn't write down the type because it just looked like a Batmobile. Mm. It was the one that Shaw was driving at the beginning. Yeah. It just they literally were just like flipping shit. Uh, I can't remember whose car this was. I didn't write it down. I forgot. It was a 1969 Ford Mustang Fastback. It was the white car with black stripes. Um, I, it might have been Rome's car. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I Most of the time I like write down whose cars they were, but I forgot with this one. And um, I did have a quote, and I think it was what you're talking, it was when Shaw was talking to him, and he's like, your code is about family. And that's great in the holidays, but it makes you predictable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Now, this was confusing to me, because I knew that Hobbs and Shaw was a movie that existed. Yeah. And I knew Jason Statham was in the movie with The Rock. Right. And then I get Luke Evans, who's Shaw, and I'm like, is this a fake Shaw? Like, what's the deal? But then you get a flashback to Tokyo Drift and you get Jason Statham showing up and killing Han. And you're like, oh, I see. There he is. Yeah, it's confusing if you don't know the context because I was the same. I was like, is this, I thought it was someone else. I was like, I don't really understand what's happening here. So we are going to end our first episode here. Uh, We're going to continue in a second episode where we will continue discussing the the movies and then we will end with our ranking yeah it's been a long day but we'll tell you all about it when we see you next week bye bye uh if you'd like to follow us on social media you know the gist we got an instagram we got an email we have a twitter um tell us what you think you hate cars you love cars you don't know anything about cars. Sh- tell us about it. If you hate the masculine energy, let me know. You want scantily clad women or you think it's toxic? Let us know. You have a foot fetish? Do not let us know. <laughs> Please <laughs> do not let us know if you have a foot fetish. I mean, again, I'm not kink shaming. I just do- don't. I don't want to know anything about it. I don't I'm going to shame because I, <laughs> I'm not okay with it. I don't want to know anything about it keep that to yourself or tell your other friends about it we're not your friends some of you are our friends but not if you have a foot fetish (laughs) but just you know maybe maybe don't don't write to us in the podcast form if you want to tell me as a friend that's fine but not don't like email us or like message us to our podcast and be like hey i got a foot fetish what size feet do you wear tell me what shoes you're wearing right now hannah no just that's it all right well uh vroom vroom zoom zoom bitches we off to bed (laughs) three in the morning bye thanks for listening (laughs) we really appreciate it thanks we would like to thank joseph mcdade for our intro music he provides free music available for all kinds of creative use the song that we used is called sunrise expedition and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.